Hello, you're listening to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, a podcast designed to help worship leaders and worship teams to thrive and to be engaging in their churches, leading God's people. My name is Tim Price. I'm so thankful you're listening today. And during this short podcast, I want to share five things that worship leaders shouldn't do. My name is Elizabeth West, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode. There are plenty of things that keep a worship leader's calendar full and a to-do list almost never-ending. Sundays come around quickly. There are people to be contacted, songs to be selected, schedules to be spruced up, and planning to be done. And though this post might be a little basic, these five things that you shouldn't do, I hope that they are motivating and inspiring. Number one, don't succeed at church and fail at home. You have to remember that your ministry and your home are friends, not enemies. If things are going great at church, but home life is not working out well, you need to take some drastic measures to make sure that your home is well-led. Balance isn't always easy because ministry is not nine to five. There's always little things that happen. There's always evenings. There's always weekends. There's just a lot that goes into it. So a better word might be harmony, that you have harmony in your schedule. After a crazy week or a crazy season or a crazy weekend, you carve out some time to invest time at home. You work 100% when you're at church, and when you leave there, you set that aside to the best of your ability and give yourself 100% at home. You've probably learned by now that you're going to disappoint somebody in leadership. And I heard somebody one time say, try not to let that be your spouse or your children. Be home when you'll say you'll be home. Take the days off that you need to take off. Schedule and commit to your vacation time no matter what. This season is a great time to spruce up your boundaries. And some of those boundaries just might include that you're only gone three evenings a week and after that you're not able to do it. Other boundaries might be in relationships that you never have meals or car rides alone with somebody of the opposite sex even if it is for ministry purposes. The doors are always ajar during meetings. And there are disciplines, start times and end times to rehearsals and other stuff that you have going on. And to keep your phone away at dinner with your family, not to be distracted by random texts and pings. All those things in various aspects of life help us to keep our boundaries set so that we can succeed both at home and at church. So here's the next thing. Talk the church up with your family. Don't bring home complaint after complaint. Help them to see the good things of church, even if there is the tough roads at times. Involve them in ministry with you as much as possible. It's always fun to be able to take your kids and participate in something so that they're part of it with you. And add a couple fun things to your calendar in the next two months, if you haven't done that before with your friends or family. It's really freeing to to look forward to something, to know something is coming up, to buy some tickets or commit to an event on the calendar. And maybe that's already in your rhythm, but if it's kind of slipped away, just look ahead a couple months, find the time slot, set up something. There's no such thing as a successful minister 
whose church is rocking and his home life is in the pits. So number two of what not to do, don't compare your ministry to others. We've heard it before, but comparison really is a joy stealer. Do your best to stop it. Instead of comparing, replace it with these ideas. One, you can celebrate. Celebrate the success of others. Two, you can steal ideas. Take what you've seen done that might work in your context and give it a try. Number three, create ways of doing things in your ministry. Think of some new ideas you can implement right now so that you are focused on getting something going and off the ground as opposed to being in a status quo and comparing yourself to what other people are doing. And number four, dream. Get your team together and dream about your future ministry together. This will always bring about hope and motivation. If you are constantly comparing in ministry, you're never going to be content, and that is not a good place from which to lead. Be confident that God has you in the right place at the right time to use your gifts to further the work and ministry of your church until you're called to move on. Number three, don't lose the connection with your pastor. So of the things not to do, don't lose the connection with your pastor. Take time to reconnect with your pastor. Meet together and pray, plan and talk about worship, and maybe encourage your pastor with a gift or a note. Find ways to keep building the bridge. Never be afraid to ask. Anything you can see, I can be doing to make things better. Stay connected with and support your pastor. Number four, don't stop praying for your team and your church. If you don't have a prayer plan going, I encourage you to get one going. A lot of times as ministry people, we feel obligated almost to say, yes, I'm praying for my team. I'm praying for my church. But when are you praying for your team and for your church? You'll be surprised how God works through prayer in your ministry. Pray for your team members, pray for your congregation, pray for your pastor, and pray for the leadership. Create some kind of system and it will be amazing. Well, when I mean systems, I'm talking about the simple things. You can make it as complex as your personality likes, but sometimes I just have little reminders pop up on my phone. And so a certain day of the week, I'll be reminded to pray for the church or to pray for worship leaders or to pray for the ministry in whatever aspect. And those things will make a difference when we take time to actually pray for something in our ministry. You can step, we'll step back and watch God move through that. Stick with the habits of prayer as well in your rehearsals and your meetings. Pray before and after. And don't ever talk about it being a ritualistic thing or don't say, hey, we got to pray because we, we're in church or we're a worship band. You pray because God is listening and because he calls us to trust him to work through the power of prayer. And one other thing that I've been convicted about is the need to call on other leaders in our ministry to pray during circle times before and after worship services or rehearsals. And of course, you don't want to, you know, throw somebody under the bus and call them out and they're not prepared for it. But you can definitely prepare a little bit in advance and just say, hey, who's willing to be a, a prayer person out loud leading us? Or just asking somebody individually a few minutes before the circle time, would you be willing to pray? And then number five of things not to do during this season. Don't allow yourself to get bored. There are times in worship ministry that feels like we're just going through the motions, that we're just doing what we have to do. And of course, everybody has those in life, and it's no different for the everyday human being who is called to lead worship. But when that happens, even when it happens to the best of us, we need to keep 
things going. And we need to cry out to the Lord in desperate prayer. We need to share that burden with a couple trusted friends and leaders that we have kind of become dry in our leadership or in our our worship or whatever the case may be. We need to take time to make sure we're reading scripture. And then we need to take action and add some spice to the mix. Maybe it's pulling out a couple new songs to challenge your team or bringing in a guest musician to join your group for a weekend or to attend a conference or to um, do something that's going to enliven your skills or your passion for worship. But don't let yourself enter a long season of boredom in your ministry. It's not going to be good for you or your church. You might feel like you're just rolling along, but when you look back, you say, wow, we haven't really tried anything creative. We haven't taken a risk. We haven't pulled in new people. I've just kind of been rolling along. And um, there's nothing wrong with consistency. There's also nothing wrong with uh, no drama. But you might need to add something in. Trust that God is going to convict you, begin to work in you, and figure out a way to become refreshed and refocused on a vision of calling your church and leading your church to worship the Lord with their whole hearts. So five things you don't want to do as a worship leader. One, don't succeed at church and fail at home. Two, don't compare your ministry to others. Three, don't lose the connection with your pastor. And four, don't stop praying for your team and your church. And finally, number five, don't allow yourself to get bored. After this commercial, I've got one more thing to share with you. Thanks again for listening to this podcast of five things not to do as a worship leader. If it's helpful to you, I encourage you to share it with somebody else who might be a worship leader somewhere or part of your worship team and um, to let them know about Worship Leader Toolbox as a resource to further their ministry. And also here at the end of this podcast, if you're listening to this at the time of recording, I want to encourage you to uh, check out a ministry leadership conference that we are hosting in Troy, Illinois on Saturday, September 17th. 2022. This event is for worship leaders and team members, for worship tech team members, and also for other church staff roles, student pastors, children's pastors, and hospitality team members. We're getting together. We'll have general sessions. We'll have breakout focus sessions. We've got leaders coming from all over. And if you are in our geographical area, I know several listeners are not, and that's fine. But if you are in our Illinois, St. Louis area, we would love to have you check this conference out and to be a part of it. And it's simple to find. All you got to do is go to harvestconferences.org. Harvestconferences.org. And you can register there. There's discounts if you bring more than one person from your church. And we would love to have you at the Ministry Leadership Conference this fall, September 17th, 2022, in Troy, Illinois. Thanks again for being a part of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes.